Welcome to Flip the Library, a Gwinnett County Public Library podcast. My name is Melissa, the manager at the Lilburn Branch. I'm Steve. I'm the manager at the Grayson Branch. And I'm Monor. I'm a library associate at the Norcross Branch. Did you know that nearly 70,000 Gwinnett County residents between the ages of 18 and 64 haven't graduated from high school? In fact, those without a high school diploma are nearly twice as likely to live in poverty as those with a high school diploma. More than one in four low-income working families with children include a parent who does not have a high school diploma or its equivalent. Educating these adults is critical to mitigating poverty in our community. Career Online High School helps qualified learners looking to earn a high school diploma and advance their careers. Today, we'll be speaking with some staff members who have helped create and cultivate this amazing program. Everybody, welcome to the show. My name is Casey Wallace. I'm the staff engagement manager for Gwinnett County Public Library. I'm also the project manager for Career Online High School. I'm Alex Olson. I'm the staff engagement specialist. I've been at Gwinnett County Public Library for nine years now. And I started helping Casey with the program. I think it was maybe in second or third year after she had been working on it. So I've been helping out since then. And I'm Ann Siri. I'm the system volunteer coordinator. I started in 2018. So it's been five years. And I was recruited by Casey and Alex when they decided to add mentors to the program. For listeners who might be unaware of the program, what is Career Online High School? Career Online High School is a pathway for adults who have yet to earn their high school diploma, who for whatever reason, the GED is not a good fit for them. They've either attempted it before or for various career and education reasons, they feel it's not the right fit for them. So this allows adults to take their prior high school transcripts if they have them and apply them going forward to complete a diploma. It's a pathway for new Americans to tap into their full potential if they've had education back home. So if somebody is has immigrated to the U.S. and they may have credentials from another country, it can be very difficult, if not impossible, to establish equivalency and make them strong competitors for jobs and even match the qualifications that schools require. So this is actually a pathway for them as well. We used to be a little bit more firm about, you know, I would have people who had high school from another country or even college from another country. And I felt that maybe they were quite a match for the program because they had already had that high school experience. But the more I learned about their experience getting jobs, it wasn't just about the appearance of having a U.S. diploma. It really is about the fact that they can't get the transcripts evaluated or they can't even get a hold of their transcripts. So that, to me, really deepened the reason for the various needs that adults have for this program. Thank you. That's a really good point because depending on where they left from because of war or other situations or just complete collapse, you may not be able to access record. When was Career Online High School started and what was the inspiration behind it? I can speak to that as well. So we started in 2016 taking on students. We didn't actually celebrate any graduations until 2017. So the length of the program has been in existence about that long. And Alex did hop on board and Anne soon after to help me sort out the students and usher them through the beginning stages of the program. But as we went through the first year or two, we realized that in order to boost the graduation rate, 
we needed to support the students a little bit more. This is a donor-funded program. This is something that we do outside of our normal budget at the library. And so it's really important, not that it wouldn't be otherwise, but to show the graduation rate, to show the effect that somebody's donation has on this program. I actually like to tell students that just by doing your homework, by virtue of completing the program, you're helping somebody else because it becomes a team project between us and them to preserve that graduation rate. So it is attractive to people to give money to, that it is an effective program that people want to keep moving it forward. So that can be a really nice boost to somebody feeling like they're starting from behind, that they're starting from two steps from their peers. And the idea that you, by bettering yourself, could help somebody else is kind of a nice thing. The inspiration behind it is partly the graduation rate for Gwinnett County. There is a need for other pathways to that stepping stone in the education level. But that flexible online option is more and more standard for a lot of people. That need is just ever-present. So we were stepping into that before it became ubiquitous, I think. It was always sort of available pre-pandemic, but now it's ubiquitous. I think for a lot of students, we hear over and over again that if they miss their opportunity to attend a traditional high school, there's just not a lot of options out there, especially if you're looking for something for free. There are obviously paid programs for adults to earn their diplomas, but a lot of times our students are not in a financial place where they can afford that. We hear from a lot of students that they've attempted the GED and are not able to pass it, or sometimes even just the cost of the GED is prohibitive for adults in this community. And also a lot of people, they need a little bit more instruction. The GED is just a test. You're expected to do the learning on your own. And that's hard for some people. They don't know where to start. They don't know who to ask questions of. They have a subject that they really struggled with when they were a high school student and they're still struggling with as an adult. And they need someone who has more of a teacher-based knowledge. They need an actual curriculum to help them. And for some people, they can take GED classes, but those are oftentimes in person. They have very set schedules, very strict attendance. We all know adults are busy, especially if you have a family, if you have children, if you have a job, then the flexibility of this program being online, I think is really appealing to students and makes it a really good benefit that a lot of other programs don't have. And I know when I'm researching and trying to find mentors for the program and I explain about the program, they're blown away first that we offer it as a scholarship. But also this, the wide variety of reasons people come to us to get their degree or their diploma. And, you know, whether it's that they want to get a better job in the job they're in and move up, or they want to find new employment that they're really interested in and they can't get started because they don't have the diploma. Or sometimes I'm really impressed with the students who do come from overseas and maybe have even finished college, but they want to dig in and start all over in ninth grade just to get the information and to get the knowledge. It's impressive. And then we have some students who want to do it as a motivation for their kids to value education. That's another one that comes up frequently that's just inspiring. I do think that's a big one. The recapturing of a lost opportunity is something that we hear from a lot of applicants. A lot of parents watch their kids go through the education process and the twists and turns that their kids are taking. They think about their experience and they want to have that authenticity. They want to have that perspective. And they don't use these words, but it's essentially asserting 
the value of education in the home. And there's just something about going through a transcript process where you build class after class onto a transcript that is very appealing for those parents. I really do emphasize that with students. I really emphasize that it's a time-consuming process to go through these classes. It's not going to be quick. And because some people do have an idea that this program is, oh, I'm only a couple of credits short. I'm just going to breeze through and be done in a couple of days. And that's generally not the picture that we try to leave them with. We have a record holder of who is able to complete the fastest. And that was inside a month, which is unheard of, like unheard of. So typically students can expect 12 to 18 months to complete. And that that's the norm. Speaking of that, who is the ideal candidate for this program? I would say definitely someone who has a lot of motivation, whether that's their own personal motivation or they have something externally that's helping to push them, their kids, their family, their friends. Also someone who is really good with independent learning and kind of staying on track. We often tell our students that it's not so much that the schoolwork is difficult, it's really the time management. It's up to them to make sure that they get on every day and they complete their assignments and they stay on track and they don't fall behind. And that can be hard, especially when you're looking at three months in, six months in, a year in of just keeping that up. So I definitely need someone who's highly motivated and good at staying on schedule, keep, keeping themselves in check and really just not giving up. And I would add that the ones who have support at home really seem to fare better. And sometimes even support at work, where we've had people say that their bosses have said, well, if there's a downtime, you can do your studying. You know, that varies employer by employer. But that is another thing that has impressed me, too, that they get that support. It is only available in English. We have had some English is not their first language. Be successful. <laughs> I had somebody with a thesaurus by their side or a dictionary by their side like, throughout the whole thing. And there are language tools that can help them learn. Plus, the audio features in the program can be repeated over and over. So there are ways for people where English is not their first language to do well in this program. But some proficiency is probably needed in order to be successful. I really enjoyed surprising people when they're vulnerable with us, how many people share similar struggles. So even if it's I became a parent at a young age or I made mistakes in school and followed the wrong crowd and decided I didn't want to study anymore or, you know, I wanted to party. You'd be surprised how many people are not the party people either. They're the I saw more value in just getting a paycheck and starting that as soon as I could. They have pressures on their families where bringing in income is important. And they made that choice and now they regret it to a degree or it's just time to switch gears. We have people who have separated from spouses in middle age and they devoted so much to their family life, including that education time that they didn't spend at school. And they are reclaiming themselves. They'll even be vulnerable about feeling old to be going through an education process. And it's like there's so many people just like you. It's just a feeling like <laughs> you're in good company kind of thing. So it really is an up close and personal view of our customers. It is a quality over quantity experience for the library. There are 25 spots generally every year that we fill. It doesn't sound like that much, but when you think about the fact that 
many of these people have families or they belong to churches or they are fixtures in their working workplaces. And there may be avenues of advancement for them in those workplaces where they're valued. The people that are affected by one person improving themselves is a lot. So and compounded over several years, you know, we've had quite a number of people go through the program. It's also really interesting that we've reached a point where we're starting to get referrals from students who have completed the program. You know, at first it was a lot of people just discovering it on their own. They did a Google search, they visited the library, but now we're starting to get students who come in and they say, yeah, my mom did the program or my spouse or my aunt. And so that's really cool to see that somebody went through our program, they changed their life. And now they're helping to change other members of their family or their community is is really interesting to see now that we've been doing this a couple of years. Toward that end, we also do some outreach and the social services organizations and nonprofits in the area are aware of Career Online High School. We get a lot of referrals from Phoenix High School. I think my favorite story was a woman who had a child who had a heart condition. She got the information from her pediatrician. So you know, a lot of caring people are out there and they're willing, once they know somebody is aspiring to this, we'll be able to refer them to us. That's wonderful. And word of mouth is sometimes the best marketing. So tell us about what students can experience as they work through the program. It's called Career Online High School, but is it all online? Are there any in-person components? We do, in the application process, have some synchronous online meetings, and then I can talk a little bit about that. Our application process is lengthy because of the limited number of spots that we have and that they are sponsored scholarships. So our job is to match people with the program, the best fit. If an applicant can make it through all the steps of the process, the scholarship is theirs to keep. So we just want to make sure that it fits in like with their life, with their goals, with their expectations, and sometimes with their academic ability. Sometimes there are, if it's a language barrier that's a little too strong or an academic barrier of some kind or just the life skills, unable to balance a schedule and unable to balance computer skills that can interrupt their learning. It's not a good fit for that. But the application process does allow people to try out the program. So they know what it feels like. So there is initially an intake survey just to make sure that they are in bounds, that they are above 19, that they live in Gwinnett and yes, they have access to a computer. Then they have a two week prerequisite course uh, based on a career track that they select. And this goes towards a career certificate that they earn some selections and prepare them for standardized tests related to particular line of work. That's the career part of career online. They complete that two-week course within the deadline. They have shown they can adhere to a deadline. That's very important to this program. And they've done it in a way that is independent work. From this point, we interview maybe like five to 10 people for a cohort. And then we have a short orientation to kick off with probation, which is almost like a longer version of that prerequisite. And then that final step gets them into the program. So it's very lengthy to explain to people. It's very complex in its own way. But basically, we try to piece it out so it's easy to gather what's going to happen next. And we help guide the students through their expectations of that. People, when they fill out a survey and they get started on a two-week course, I would say that cuts out about half of the people who approach us, even just the independent learning part. And then you've got the 
scheduling and waiting and fulfilling an interview. Being interviewed is stressful. <laughs> it, it can be a little bit nerve wracking. So I don't know if people just don't schedule or they get uncomfortable, but they don't always make it to the interview. And it kind of goes on from there. The people who really want it and really need it, and it's a good fit, it matches their skills, needs, and abilities. They may get through the end. And it is all online, but they do get a chance to speak with an academic coach, both online and on the phone. And then we also offer the mentors, which most of that is virtual, although they have met with each other at one of our library locations. So that's another interaction with us as a support for them as they're going through. We keep emphasizing where your support system, the school is actually in Florida. It's an online accredited high school, but it's in Florida. And so we are the connection that they have here. So they rely on us a lot. Yeah, we position those volunteer mentors for library resources. So if they lose connectivity, we've got hotspots with them, laptops to loan. If they are interested in studying for the SATs or anything, or they want to move on to their next you know, phase, you know, we can give them a library resource to do that. Looking at colleges, because that's yeah. a, a lot of them as they get close to that graduation date, they want to go to the next step. Yep. And then when it comes to things about how many credits do I have left on my transcript, when will I get my diploma in the mail, those types of questions would go to them. So that's sort of the division of those responsibilities. But I do think having somebody local means a lot. At the end of the day, it is up to the type of student, how communicative they are. You can't reach somebody who doesn't want to be reached by phone or tech. I think for the most part, it does what it's intended to do. And then at the end of the process, if they graduate, they are invited to their in-person graduation ceremony where we usually have a guest speaker. And they can have the real experience that maybe they've missed out on with cap, gown, photo, cake, <laughs> confetti, whatever. I don't know if we've done confetti yet, but we should. We have not done confetti because I don't think any of us want to clean that up. No, but they do get a um, graduation tassel for their year and they get to keep it. And the last graduation ceremony, it was really funny because the, the guy who graduated kind of seemed a little like laid back, like not impressed by much. It just his the way he, he his affect was, was a little flat and he wasn't dressed up at all like for his event. But his family was all there. It was like 15 people and they were gushing over him. And like, it was just the nicest thing because you just got the sense like this is something that like they wanted for him and wanted to celebrate him. And maybe he's not somebody who usually gets celebrated. So I think that's pretty cool. That, that's a great story, too. And can you tell us a little bit more about the mentorship portion of the program? Like, where do the mentors come from? And we talked a little bit about their role, but what role do they play in the program? Well, mainly they're there as support, cheerleader, advocate. So they're the liaison with the library for all our resources because otherwise Casey and Alex would be getting all kinds of questions. And people don't use them that often, but, you know, like if they are struggling with math or something and the academic coach has helped them, we can tell them about tutor.com, things like that. But they also are just trying to call at least twice a month. Like Casey said, some people prefer text or email and some say phone call. And once in a while, they'll meet in person. I keep telling the mentors, you're not necessarily going to have like a warm, engaging conversation every time with this person because they're busy. But the mentors are also busy. But to answer your first question, I do go online. I do a volunteer match and put that out there with the specific instructions about what the volunteer mentors expected to do. 
and what the Career Online High School is all about. I get a lot of mentors that way. We currently have 19 active mentors. And the thing is, they have to sign up with a commitment level of 18 months. So when they're assigned somebody, they have to commit for 18 months. So that kind of weeds out a few people. But for the most part, everybody has really enjoyed the role. Sometimes their person does not make it through probation. And so then they will be available the next round when we do interviews. Like Casey will probably tell you, if you don't make it through probation, that scholarship's going to go on to another person. But the mentors have been wonderful. There's a good mix of demographics and backgrounds. A lot of them are retired teachers, have done mentoring before. So I do an interview process. They do a background check. We also do the mentor position description and a listing of our library resources. So they're familiar with those things too. And actually, two of our mentors started as volunteers and have now become employees. That is a really fun I mean, just for the type of volunteering that that opens up, the type of guilds and type of people you can reach out to. And yeah, those have been fun stories. So, you know, you're not supposed to be biased about employees, but two of my favorites. And because the time commitment is not that much, some of them will take on two. And in some cases, we have some that have taken on three. But for the most part, it's one or two. And we also have a wonderful story about a student who graduated found a job, went to school, and has been very successful at actually recruiting people for us. And she also became a mentor for a while. Right now she's inactive, but we hope she'll be back again. And that was a a really wonderful turnaround story, give to the community and give back to the scholarship. That's awesome. So y'all did just touch on a little bit of some of the potential outcomes of this program. But are there any other sorts of outcomes that you've seen in students who have graduated from career online high school. I know there have been people who made it to college. They were able to turn around and use this diploma pretty much immediately. In some sense, it's really hard to recapture their information. Like sometimes I'll get responses through email, but it kind of does exactly what it's supposed to do. It's a stepping stone. It's to get them to their next place. We have people who have gone on to start their own businesses. We've had people who were able to get better jobs. But I think the ones that stick out are the ones that are able to apply to colleges, to programs that change the course of their career. So they're able to hop careers and do something different. We have a lot of interest in the medical field right now. There is a career course called Home Care that's been very popular lately. And it's because a lot of people want to get into nursing. Some people do have the entry-level jobs that don't require a whole lot to get into, but they quickly see the other pathways there and they know that this can help them. So I think the mentor Anne is referring to, she is somebody who wanted to do counseling because she's a very active member in her church. And she, I believe, started her program with us when she was 59 and graduated when she was 61, something like that. She made it to graduation when she was 61 because I think she was in the program for you. And she invited like her entire church. (laughs) graduation and she has referred several students my way and that's such a cool thing it's such a neat thing to see somebody really take advantage of a step up and really make use of it and turn it into gold really there have been other really memorable interviews that we've had there was somebody who was working like two jobs three jobs and i met them at the co-op while they were trying to get an, an electric bill paid you know she was seriously doing backflips to make ends meet and do this at the same time. And she did pretty good in our program. 
I know that there was another lady who had a very large family. And I think she was pregnant when she started with us and had another additional child by the time she graduated with us. And like, I think she was working too. And she was just like, go, 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 go. Like sometimes you really get people who are just go, 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 go. And while ordinarily like on paper, I would think you don't have time for this program. Like you have to meet these people and get a feel for them (laughs) and how they balance all of everything. And when you see that they have a track record of being able to do it and they can demonstrate it with these phases of application that we have, it really opens your eyes to who's all out there, like who's all out there and who is now eligible to do more because they have this credential. And I think that's such a nice thing to see. I would agree with that. And also I've seen some people that have just blossoms and their self-confidence and their self-esteem just by going through this course and doing it all themselves. And there's been some who told us flat out, I have test anxiety, I have social anxiety. I just could not finish in the classroom. And this has been a lifesaver. So those were also things that I think I was surprised at how important the program was to them to complete it. Yeah, there have been some that honestly, the traditional classroom is crushing for whatever non-typical way that they move through the world. You know, I can't diagnose anybody with anything, but you know, if it's anxiety or a learning disability or any of those things, we've had several students that I've gotten the sense that the typical classroom itself was the disruption. And when they're alone and they can focus and do their thing, they're successful. So this is a pathway for students like that. And that's been a really good thing to see. Well, you all have done a fantastic job of talking up the program. So if there's somebody listening that wants to hop in there, how do they actually get started? Like you're doing this application process, but where do they go to do that? And then as part of that, how many students do you generally accept in each class or each session? Uh, We do have a link on our website. So you can always go to GwinnettPL.org. And under the Find It tab, there is a link for Career Online High School. That takes you to a website that explains everything about the program, how long it is, what the requirements are, just to give people an idea of what they're getting into and what's involved in the program. And it also explains the different career tracks. So we have a variety of career options from retail to home care to office management. I think there's even now a manufacturing one. So there's all kinds of different options on there. And then that's where they'll get started. There's the application forms right there sends out that interest form to us. So that is where people would want to go if they're interested in career online high school. We do generally get 25 seats a year. So that's typically what we're filling. We try and fill the seats early in the year, but some of that comes down to whether or not people pass probation, show up to the interviews, things like that. Uh, We do frequently have a waiting list. We have one right now. We have people who have completed their two-week prerequisite And they're just on the waiting list until we can get together another group of interviews with mentors and kind of get started. We started to do a couple times a year where we try and get a group all together. But there's definitely a lot of interest in the program. So the important thing we tell students is do that two weeks and get on the waiting list right now because there is usually a list. So even if, you know, there is going to be a wait and you think, oh, well, if I'm not going to get in the full program for a couple months, I'll just wait and start it then. But by then there might be 10 people in front of you on the list. We definitely encourage people to do that prerequisite as soon as possible. 
Um, also, so they can make sure that it works for them because like Casey has mentioned, we have students, they try the two weeks and they don't really like it. The online environment's not good for them. They don't realize that their schedule can't really accommodate it right now. That's their opportunity to try it and see if they like it. And if they don't like it, they can move on to to other options that might work better for them. And we also can have mentors go to our website and go to the volunteer tab. Volunteer mentor for Career Online High School is a listing on the opportunities that we have. Thank you guys for sharing those wonderful stories and Alex for sharing the link. Casey, you mentioned that the program is largely donor funded. If community members want to help support this program, how can they do that? The best person to contact is Jason DeFranco, who is our development director. I believe the Wenatchee County Public Library Foundation has a section of their fund or a type of giving towards this program specifically. We have gotten grants. So if people know of grants that mean adult learning specific things that support the laptops and hotspots that we use in addition to getting the 25 seats a year. But the best person to talk to is Jason because he may have something in the works, some kind of plan that might further root this program. I did look on the website and if you go to our Get Involved tab under the donation section, there is a Give Now and Career Online High School is predominantly promoted right there. So you can just click and donate for Career Online High School in addition to contacting Jason. If you're talking to a community member who maybe actually isn't as excited about what they think the library is, if they haven't been to the library in a while or they associate it more with younger grades, younger crowd, they don't really think about themselves as a library user. This has an immediate connection between resources specific for adults with an outcome, with something that changes somebody's life. Like it's pretty strongly connected, the value. So I think in that way, it's a very interesting thing to discuss with people who don't already support the library fully or don't already have an awareness of what we do. It's actually a really fun thing to bring up (laughs) with people who might need to be kind of brought on board as to how much we do. No, honestly, though, the people who benefit the most are the people in the program and their families. And that has been, I think, the privilege of getting to know all the students and seeing their stories that as they walk in the door, as they are, because it really shows you such a landscape of people's needs. And the idea of somebody who doesn't finish school, like that stereotype of the person who doesn't finish school, and the reality of somebody who doesn't finish school, how it lines up. I've had a very fortunate life. I've had a pretty easy time like with my education. That's been the area where I felt comfortable in my life. It was hard to imagine, I guess, before encountering all these individuals, people who didn't have that experience. I was never the type of person whose parents would have guilted me or asked me to stay home or go to work come home and take care of this family member or go to work. The emphasis was always your job is to go to school. And there are a lot of people in our community that that's not the value at home and how that affects their lives. And so if you're like me and that's your mindset, without even your implicit bias, if you will, 
because that's how you grew up to see it in other people and how it's affected their adulting skills, their life skills, how they view the world is an education for us putting on the curve. Sure. You know, I think this program, along with some others like the New Start Entrepreneurship, GCPL University, it's very clear examples we can show people of this is what the library is for adults as well. Because you hear that story all the time of, oh, I went to the library when I was a kid and now I'm back because I have kids. It's great to have these examples that we can just point to and say, this is one of the things that we do. We also offer all kinds of other things, but here's a few really clear programs. Yeah, you need that hard hitting value add situation. Like, I mean, the librarian that I am, I'm like, well, everything has a value add. Every reader their book, you know, but not everybody has that mindset. It's very clear calculation. And I think this is a very clear calculation. I think it's great that y'all brought that up because yesterday I was actually talking to a customer who was formerly incarcerated. He hadn't been to the library in a very long time and he was working on his resume. He was trying to get a job. And I was just, you know, being friendly, working the customer service angle and just tell him about all the stuff that we have. And he was like completely blown away by all the stuff that we offered. And he had no idea that libraries could even possess those types of things. Like I told him about the New Start Entrepreneurship thing because it's specifically for formerly incarcerated folks and LinkedIn learning and like, I don't know, open access even. And he was just like, completely over the moon so stoked about it and he was willing to like come back he wanted to come back when he had more time and secured a job to go through and see all the resources that we had to offer so can literally change somebody's life and just like such a short interaction it's very fulfilling in this job for sure you know and the one of the parts that i like about it too is being free and open and no barriers like there's something really bold in it to offer something like that. Even like the laptops we just got, we just got Chromebook loaners. The first question people will say is like, well, aren't you worried about whatever the bad thing is? Are we taking it? Are we breaking it? All these things. And man, have I heard that comment about every new service we've ever launched. <laughs> yeah. Aren't you worried about, it? you know, and it's like, oh, well, of course there's the cost of doing business, but the ability to offer it at all is a radical act in a lot of ways. It's pretty awesome. And what it does is challenge people's assumptions that the community can't handle it when they absolutely can. I really do appreciate that about our community specifically, that most of the time people take the service as intended and it works exactly as we designed it or with some alterations. And it is the value add that we intended. I appreciate that. And like you said, working at the library teaches you that most people are good. The whole concept of a library would not work. If, you know, most people did not use it as intended. We've all kind of talked and put our two cents about the impact of libraries throughout this whole session. But how do you think libraries make an impact on their community? If you want to mention something that you haven't gotten a chance to mention yet. I think for me, the biggest thing about libraries is how they work through their programs, their services, their resources to list of individual people who then in turn can lift up their community. Because every time we help a customer find what they're looking for, get answers to their questions, use a service that they need, that improves their life. And then having that part of their life be fixed or relieved or eased allows them to do greater things for everyone else around them, whether that's their friends, their family, the place that they work, their churches, their community groups. I think we can look at libraries as a big picture and how they improve communities. But I think a lot of it comes down to just helping 
each individual person that comes in the door and that success that we have with each person contributes to that bigger uplifting of the community. I agree. I love libraries. I love books. I love information, entertainment. And it's really fun to see people come in and explore and find out. And I'm out in the community a lot. And just like you all said, telling people about some of the programs that we have, they just can't believe it. They can't believe that they, as a taxpayer, have ability to get to our learning labs, to do all this tutor.com, all the different programs that we have, LinkedIn Learning. It's just amazing to them. It's amazing to me. I still, every day after five years, I'm still discovering things that I want to do, like learn a language. It's really amazing. I've really enjoyed, I have learned more about how people work, how communities work, how civics work in library setting than probably any other setting. And I think we do see it unfold. Most people, I feel like, maybe get their point of view from a news story or a TV show or a snapshot here and there of how the community works. But it really is an education to work in public. And I think it's something that is valuable. And we see it in a way that I think is very unique. I really appreciate that. That was great. Thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate it. Yes. And I learned a lot. And thank you for sharing those stories. I think that really brought the message home. Flip the Library provides an inside look at Gwinnett County Public Library and brings to light the many ways the library impacts and enriches its customers' lives. Go to gwinnettpl.org slash podcasts to find out more about the library's podcasts. To get new episodes of Flip the Library, follow or subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your podcast app of choice. If you enjoy the show, don't forget to rate and review it on your podcast app. Keep up to date with the library on social media at Gwinnett Library, and thanks for listening. Connect, learn, and grow with your Gwinnett County Public Library.